Hi everyone, welcome back to Block Shots. My name is Gautam Dhameja and in this episode, we are going to talk a little bit more about roll-ups. So in one of the previous episodes, I gave an introduction about what are roll-ups and where do they sit in the layer 1 or layer 2 or layer 3 hierarchy. So basically, roll-ups are a layer 2 scaling technique. We have already looked at there are two kinds of roll-ups, optimistic roll-ups and zero-knowledge roll-ups. But in this episode, let's look at how do they work. Let's do a little bit of a double-click on roll-ups. So basically, in the functioning of a roll-up, there are a few components. The users, first of all, when they create their transactions, they most of the time do not send it directly to the layer one blockchain. For example, let's take an example of Ethereum and one of the rollups. So the user will not be most of the time sending transaction to Ethereum directly. The component that is responsible for receiving the transactions from the user is called the sequencer in a rollup. So there is a component called sequencer. It's just like another node, basically, and the user will be submitting their transactions to the sequencer. Now, the internal functioning of a sequencer is different from one rollup to the other. Some rollups implement a mempool inside the sequencer so that when the users are submitting their transactions, these transactions are then accumulated into a block at a later point in time. Some rollups do not implement a mempool inside the sequencer. So whenever the new transaction comes in, the sequencer applies it to the current state of the sequencer. And then at certain stage in time, it just batches them and submits it to the L1. So inside the sequencer, the L2 block production takes place using the mempool or without the mempool, one way or the other. So that's the block production. Now, when the block is produced at the L2 layer, at the sequencer, at this stage, the difference happens between an optimistic rollup and a ZK rollup. So in an optimistic rollup's case, the L2 sequencer will just submit the transaction data of this block to the L1 chain in a smart contract. So on the L1 side, on the Ethereum side, basically, there is a smart contract. That smart contract is supposed to receive the L2 block from the sequencer and store it on the chain. And how does that work? Basically is that this L2 sequencer component, after it creates the block, and once it compresses that data of the block, because compression is important here, because if you put all the raw data on the L1 blockchain, it is going to cost a lot because of the gas fee and everything. So the compression takes place, and then this L2 sequencer submits a transaction to the L1 blockchain in this smart contract that is deployed there. Along with this transaction, all of the L2 block data, compressed block data is submitted as well. Now, in an optimistic rollup, there is a time period which is called a challenge time period and anybody can come and verify and challenge whether this block is correct or not. And in case of a zero-knowledge rollup, the sequencer submits a zero-knowledge proof for the validity of this block as well whether the state changes within this block are correct or not. And then the smart contract sitting on the L1 side will verify using zero-knowledge techniques whether this proof submitted corresponds to the block submitted and whether everything works according to the rules or not. So in brief, that is how rollups work. We have a sequencer that creates the block and then we have the L1 blockchain 
that verifies those blocks, whether through a proof or through a dispute period. So in this episode, I thought of doing a small double click on the rollups. I hope you found this insightful. Stay tuned and I'll see you in the next episodes. Ciao. Thank you.